0: Turn with me in God's word to the 110th Psalm. The Lord said unto my Lord, sit thou at my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstool. The Lord shall send the rod of thy strength out of Zion. Rule thou in the midst of thine enemies. Thy people shall be willing in the day of thy power and the beauties of holiness from the womb of the morning. Thou hast the dew of thy youth. The Lord hath sworn and will not repent. Thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. The Lord at thy right hand shall strike through kings in the day of his wrath. He shall judge among the heathen. He shall fill the places with the dead bodies. He shall wound the heads over many countries. He shall drink of the brook in the way. Therefore shall he lift up the head." Father, we thank you for your word. God, we ask that you would meet with us during the preaching tonight. God, may the scriptures thrill our hearts. God, may we be moved to study, to know more about you from your word as we ought. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You know... As far as the Psalms are concerned that when we examine them we find much historical information concerning the children of Israel. We find also inspiration from the Psalms and how often these songs are used to encourage the hearts of those who are sorrowing and we are thankful for the inspirational aspect Of the Psalms. We know as well that the Psalms are prophetic. In fact, you can find in most of the Psalms something that speaks concerning the future, the future of Israel, the future of the saint. And we are thankful for the prophetic aspect of these Psalms as well. But we know that the Psalms are doctrinal also, and we can find much doctrinal truth in them. This psalm, the 110th psalm, is prophetic, and it is doctrinal as well. And because it is so rich in doctrinal truth concerning the Lord Jesus Christ, it has often been referred to as the crown of all the psalms. In fact, in verse 1 alone, just in verse 1, are found the doctrines of the Godhead, the inspiration of the scriptures, salvation, ascension of Christ, the intercessory work of Christ, the second advent, and the kingdom rule of the Lord Jesus Christ, just in verse 1. And we want to examine those doctrines as found in Psalm 110, verse 1 this evening. And the idea is not that we are presenting truth of which you are unaware but that it would encourage you to love your Bibles more. That it would encourage you to dig for the truth that is found within the pages of God's Word. And in so doing, that you will be satisfied daily from what you find in the Scriptures. The Bible does speak here concerning the doctrine of the Godhead and you know the most well-known passage of scripture in all of God's word concerning that doctrine is found in 1 John 5 verse 7, for there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost, and these three are one. And when we speak of the Godhead, we are talking about a doctrine that's commonly referred to as the doctrine of the Trinity. The idea concerning God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost, and that these three are one, as saith First John 5 and verse 7. We find that doctrine in Psalm 110, verse 1. For the Bible opens that psalm with these words, The Lord said unto my Lord. Now you Bible students are aware that there is significance in the spelling of the word Lord as the psalm opens. We find that it is all uppercase, capital L, capital O, capital R, and capital D. And whenever you find that in the word of God, this denotes the first person of the Godhead, God the Father. And God the Father here is speaking unto someone For the scripture says, the Lord said unto my Lord. Now, not so commonly in the book of Psalms will you find the spelling of Lord this way. With a capital L and then lowercase O-R-D. But when you find it, it is usually speaking of the Lord Jesus Christ. And it is here speaking of the second person of the Godhead. God the Son. So God the Father is speaking unto God the Son, and he is saying unto him, Sit thou at my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstool. But you say, where is the Holy Ghost mentioned here in verse 1? Well, the scripture says, The Lord said unto my Lord, but how was this made possible? How do we know about it? Turn with me to Mark 12. Mark 12. Mark 12, and we begin reading with verse 35. And Jesus answered and said, while he taught in the temple, How say the scribes that Christ is the son of David? For David himself said by the Holy Ghost, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit thou on my right hand till I make thine enemies thy footstool. So we find that David said those words by the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost was actually at work when these words were first spoken, whenever the Lord said unto my Lord, and they were penned as a result. So you have the Father speaking unto the Son. And the way that you and I know about the Father speaking unto the Son is that the Holy Ghost spake out of the mouth of David. And we have the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost mentioned here in Psalm one hundred and ten. We know as well that the inspiration of the scriptures are taught, for we find in the book of First Peter, chapter one. Peter chapter one, 1, Peter chapter 1 a teaching concerning the inspiration of the Scriptures. Make it Second Peter <clears throat> chapter 1. You know the context of the passage here when on the Mount of Transfiguration... Peter, James, and John are there with the Lord Jesus Christ. Moses and Elijah appear unto them. And Peter wants to build tabernacles so that the Lord Jesus Christ will be able to tabernacle with men. He thinks that surely the time of the Lord's coming to rule and reign is near. And, of course, you remember that God the Father spoke to them on that occasion. Verse 17 of 2 Peter 1, For he received from God the Father honor and glory. When there came such a voice to him from the excellent glory, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. And this voice which came from heaven we heard when we were with him in the holy mount. We have also a more sure word of prophecy of what is... The scripture speaking here. It is talking about the word of God. You know what's more sure than God speaking to you audibly? It's this book that you have. And folks, there are a lot of people who claim to hear God speaking unto them. A lot of people who would claim that Jesus appeared to them maybe in their bedroom at night and he spoke to them. No, he didn't. That's not the way he does things today. He speaks through His Word. We have also a more sure word of prophecy, where until you do well that you take heed as unto a light that shineth in a dark place, until the day dawn and the day star arise in your hearts, knowing this first, that no prophecy of the Scripture is of any private interpretation. For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. Now the scripture is telling us how that we received this prophecy, how we received words of God in old time. And again, we go back to Mark chapter 12. Mark chapter 12 and verse 35. And Jesus answered and said, while he taught in the temple, how say the scribes that Christ is the son of David? For David himself said by the Holy Ghost, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit thou on my right hand till I make thine enemies thy footstool. And so, using as a cross reference Mark chapter 12, verses 35 and 36 to Psalm 110, we find that Psalm 110 becomes a proof text, a proof text for what we believe concerning the inspiration of the scriptures. And folks, it's important that we be able to prove from the Word of God those things which we believe. And so we look for proof texts, and we are thankful when we find them. And so Psalm 110 verse 1 does become a proof text, not the only one, but a proof text which proves the inspiration of the Scriptures because the Bible actually tells us There in Mark chapter 12 and verse 36, for David himself said by the Holy Ghost. Those those were not the words of David. These are the words of God. And any time that you take the Bible into your hands, know that you do not have the words of David. You do not have the words of Paul. And these are not the words of John, but these are the words of Almighty God. And those men were instruments whereby we have the scriptures conveyed unto us. And we find then in Psalm 110 and verse 1 also the teaching concerning the ascension of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord said unto my Lord, sit thou at my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstool. We turn to Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter 2, the Bible tells us there beginning with verse 29, men and brethren, let me freely speak unto you of the patriarch David that he is both dead and buried, and his sepulcher is with us unto this day. Therefore, being a prophet, and knowing that God had sworn with an oath to him that of the fruit of his loins, according to the flesh, he would raise up Christ to sit on his throne, he, seeing this before, spake of the resurrection of Christ, that his soul was not left in hell, neither his flesh did see corruption. This Jesus hath God raised up whereof we all are witnesses. Therefore being by the right hand of God exalted, and having received of the Father the promise of the Holy Ghost, he hath shed forth this which ye now see and hear. For David is not ascended into the heavens, but he saith himself, The Lord said unto my Lord, Sit thou on my right hand until I make thy foes thy footstool. Again, Psalm 110 verse 1 is referenced in the New Testament. And on this occasion, it is talking about the Lord Jesus Christ. And it is used as a proof text to teach us the doctrine of the ascension. Did David ascend into the heavens? No. But did the Lord Jesus Christ? Absolutely. And folks, what does the word ascend mean? It means to go up under one's own power. So the Lord Jesus Christ is the only one who has ever ascended into the heavens. For no man is able to do that. It took the Lord Jesus Christ, God in the flesh, resurrected from the dead to ascend into heaven. And when he ascended, the Bible says that he sat down on the right hand of the Father. There are other proof texts and we look to Hebrews 10. Hebrews chapter 10. Bible tells us there, in verse 4, For it is not possible <clears throat> that the blood of bulls and of goats should take away sins. Wherefore, when he cometh into the world, he saith, Sacrifice an offering thou wouldest not, but a body hast thou prepared me. In burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin thou hast had no pleasure. Then said I, Lo, I come. In the volume of the book it is written of me, to do Thy will, O God. Above, when He said sacrifice and offering and burnt offerings and offering for sin, Thou wouldst not; neither hadst pleasure therein, which are offered by the law. Then said He, Lo, I come to do Thy will, O God. He taketh away the first that he may establish the second. By the which will we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. And every priest standeth daily ministering and offering oftentimes the same sacrifices. Which can never take away sins. But this man. After he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down on the right hand of God from henceforth expecting till his enemies be made his footstool. Again, a reference to Psalm 110 verse 1 when things are put together. But we know that when the Lord Jesus Christ ascended, he sat down on the right hand of the Father and giving... Given the circumstances and the events that surround His ascension, you know what He had just completed upon this earth. It had not been long since He had died on the cross of Calvary, shed in His blood. He was buried and He rose again from the dead and then appeared unto many witnesses before He ascended. So to have our attention in the scriptures drawn unto this period of time teaches us more than just the ascension of the Son. It tells us concerning His finished work, making possible salvation to all who would believe on the Lord Jesus Christ as Savior. And we'd find that the scripture tells us more in the book of Hebrews, chapter 1, concerning this period of time. Hebrews 1. Verses 1 through 3. God, who at sundry times and in diverse manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds, who, being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, Set down on the right hand of the majesty on high. And again in the book of Hebrews 12, verse 2. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. And to the book of Colossians 3, The Bible tells us there in verse 1, "...if you then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God." So we know with these few cross-references, and there are more in the Scriptures, that Psalm 110 is prophetic before any of these events happen, before the Lord Jesus Christ was born on this earth, before He went to the cross, before He shed His blood, before He was put to death, before He rose again, before He ascended unto the Father, it was prophesied here that He would do so. And folks, when we think of the scriptures in all those cross references, not only pointing back to where it was prophesied that he would sit on the right hand of the, the father, it does draw our attention to what he did before he had his seat at that place where he is even at this time. And he is not just seated there. But he is involved in a work while he is seated there. The Bible says, the Lord said unto my Lord, sit thou at my right hand, and what is he doing there? And we go to the book of Romans chapter 8, Romans 8, verse 34, the Bible says, who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather, that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. You see, the Lord Jesus Christ is there on the right hand of the Father, and He is making intercession for the saints. Folks, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. You understand that He is there interceding on your behalf. If you are saved, He is praying for you. You need no saint to pray for you. There is no one else who has ever gone into the grave who makes supplication and intercession for you. But the Lord Jesus Christ, He faced death. And He overcame death. He arose from the dead. He ascended into heaven. He sits on the right hand of the Father. And because He was in the flesh, He knows everything about being in the flesh. He was tempted in all points, like as we were, yet without sin. He understands. He knows your heart. He knows what you're experiencing. He understands the sorrow that you have. And He is there making intercession for you. He understands the temptation that you have to endure. He endured that temptation at the hands of the adversary, and he knows about Satan and all of his wiles, and don't think that he is unaware of your situation, for he knows, and he feels, he understands, and accordingly, he is sitting on the right hand of God, making intercession for you. What a blessing it is. And all of this was prophesied in the 110th Psalm that this is what would be taking place. We go to Hebrews 7. Hebrews 7, again, we are told about what the Son is doing at the right hand of the Father. The Bible says in verse 20, of Hebrews seven, and inasmuch as not without an oath he was made priest, for those priests were made without an oath, but this with an oath by him that said unto him, The Lord swear and will not repent, thou art a priest for ever after the order of Melchizedek. Folks, that's a reference to Psalm one hundred ten, verse four. By so much was Jesus made of surety of a better testament, and they truly were many priests because they were not suffered to continue by reason of death. But this man, because he continueth ever, hath an unchangeable priesthood, wherefore he is able also to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them again." A passage of scripture that calls our attention to the 110th Psalm. And teaches us a great truth about what the Lord Jesus Christ is doing. And those two immutable things that are taught to us in Hebrews 6 and verse 18 are identified for us in Hebrews 7 and verse 24. Things that cannot change. But this man, because he continueth ever, that's one, has an unchangeable priesthood. That's two. Those things cannot change. We are thankful that we have a Savior who is seated at the right hand of God. And He is making intercession for us. Not just today, but He will be tomorrow. Not just in our need this year, but in our time of need and trial and temptation next year and the next Until he calls us home where he will not have to intercede for us at that time. Dear saint, know this. He continueth ever. He's not like some earthly priest. But he is a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. He will always make intercession for the saints until he receives the saints unto himself. And we will be with him then for all eternity. And we find this referenced in Psalm 110 that the Lord would do this for us. But we find in that portion of scripture as well. Information, prophetically speaking, concerning the second advent. The Lord said unto my Lord, sit thou at my right hand until, until. There's coming a time when the Lord Jesus Christ will rise from the right hand of the Father and return to this earth. And the scripture speaks concerning that time as well. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 22. In Matthew 22 and beginning with verse 41. While the Pharisees were gathered together, Jesus asked them saying... What think ye of Christ? Whose son is he? They say unto him, The son of David. He saith unto them, How then doth David in spirit call him Lord, saying, The Lord said unto my Lord, Sit thou on my right hand till I make thine enemies thy footstool. If David then call him Lord, how is he his son? Again, The 110th Psalm and 1st verse is referenced by the Lord Jesus Christ here in Matthew 22. And it's interesting that whenever the Lord Jesus Christ made reference to this verse, it shut the mouths of the Pharisees. Verse 46, And no man was able to answer him a word, neither durst any man from that day forth ask him any more questions. Think of all of the times that they had tried to trap Jesus in his words, that they had tried to get him to speak something that was not true, that they tried to entangle him and to embarrass him, and he always put them to shame, did he not? But it was the reference To Psalm 110, verse 1, that finally caused them never again to ask him any more questions. What a powerful verse. For in it, Jesus is saying that David referred to him as Lord. And this confounded the religious crowd. Folks, we are aware of the teachings of those great doctrines, and we understand that the Lord Jesus Christ can be at the same time the Son of David and yet the Lord of David. We know that the Lord Jesus Christ is a crucified, buried, resurrected, ascended, soon-coming Lord. And we are grateful. The Bible tells us in Acts chapter 7, Acts chapter 7, Stephen is preaching on that occasion and he is preaching unto the Jews. Many have believed, but the majority of them do not as a nation, as a people. But in Acts chapter 7 and verse 45, Stephen preaching, And the Scripture recording these words, "...which also our fathers that came after brought in with Jesus into the possession of the Gentiles, whom God drave out before the face of our fathers unto the days of David, who found favor before God and desired to find a tabernacle for the God of Jacob. But Solomon built him a house." Howbeit the Most High dwelleth not in temples made with hands, as saith the prophet. Heaven is my throne, and earth is my footstool. What house will ye build me, saith the Lord, or what is the place of my rest? Now you know for these and many other words, Stephen was stoned to death. And notice, it is interesting, as Stephen is being gnashed upon with their teeth. Verse 55 of Acts 7 says, But he, being full of the Holy Ghost, looked up steadfastly into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing on the right hand of God. Now, according to the Scriptures, he had already taken a seat at the right hand of God. The standard teaching here is that Jesus stood in honor of Stephen. But folks, you know when he stands... He is going to be seated until he makes his enemies his footstool. When he stands, the idea is he's returning. Had Israel believed the message that Stephen was preaching that day, had they repented as a nation, the Lord Jesus Christ could have returned at that time to establish the kingdom. But instead of believing him, they stoned him to death. But Stephen saw him standing at the right hand of God. And isn't it interesting? He is preaching and making reference to the time when the Lord Jesus Christ will return. When he says there in verse 49, Heaven is my throne and earth is my footstool. And it had been prophesied in Psalm 110 and verse 1, The Lord said unto my Lord, Sit thou at my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstool. And the reference from the prophet was not to the 110th Psalm on that occasion, but it was to the passage that gives the fulfillment of that prophecy, which is in Isaiah 66 and verse 1. In Isaiah 66, the Bible says, verse 1, Thus saith the Lord, the heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. Where is the house that ye build unto me, and where is the place of my rest? The fulfillment of Psalm 110, verse 1, is in Isaiah 66, verse 1. And that's what Stephen was preaching, the fulfillment of the prophecy. It could have taken place then, but it did not. But folks, make no mistake about it. The Lord Jesus Christ is returning. The Lord Jesus Christ will return this second advent. Now don't confuse that with the catching away of the saints. He will already have returned for us and will have called us away to be with Him. And while there is a great tribulation period taking place upon this earth, we will be with the Lord in heaven. But at the end of that tribulation period, you know well that the Lord Jesus Christ will return at that time. He will fight against His enemies. And you know who will prevail? The Lord Jesus Christ. And then what was prophesied in Psalm 110 verse 1 and the fulfillment of that prophecy in Isaiah 66, verse 1, will become a reality. And so, taught to us in this same verse of the 110th Psalm is indeed the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, and it is referenced again in the book of Hebrews, chapter 1. Hebrews 1. God, who at sundry times and in diverse manner spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds, who be in the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. The first reference to Psalm 110 in this chapter. Being made so much better than the angels, as he hath by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. For unto which of the angels said he at any time, Thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. And again I will be to him a father, and he shall be to me a son. And again when he bringeth in the first begotten into the world, he saith, And let all the angels of God worship him. And of the angels he saith, who maketh his angel spirits and his ministers a flame of fire. But under the sun he saith, Thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. A scepter of righteousness is the scepter of thy kingdom. Thou hast loved righteousness and hated iniquity. Therefore God, even thy God, hath anointed thee with the oil of gladness above thy fellows. And thou, Lord, in the beginning hast laid the foundation of the earth, and the heavens are the works of thine hands. They shall perish." But thou remainest, and they all shall wax old as doth a garment, and as a vesture shalt thou fold them up, and they shall be changed. But thou art the same, and thy years shall not fail. But the witch of the angel said he at any time, Sit on my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstool. Again, the 110th Psalm in the first verse referenced in Hebrews chapter 1. And we find that... He is sitting there until and he is returning again. The world goes on with very little thought of the Lord Jesus Christ. Right. They go on with very little thought of the fate which awaits them upon this earth. They go on with very little thought of what awaits them in eternity. But because the world cares not for doctrine... Because the world thinks not about things that are in the future, does not change the sure events that will take place at that time. The Lord Jesus Christ will return. It was prophesied that he would. That's really all we need to know. Because prophecy will be fulfilled. And yet the scripture tells us, as we have read concerning his second coming, that it will be fulfilled and gives us the details of those times and events. So the second coming is taught here, but not just that. Again, to Psalm 110, verse 1, The Lord said unto my Lord, Sit thou at my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstool meaning that he will reign over them. They are his enemies, and he will fight with his enemies when he returns in the second advent, but he will make them his footstool. He will reign over them. And we go to Luke 20. In Luke 20, the Bible tells us In verse 41, And he said unto them, How say they that Christ is David's son? And David himself saith in the book of Psalms, The Lord said unto my Lord, Sit thou on my right hand, Till I make thine enemies thy footstool. David therefore calleth him Lord, How is he then his son? The Bible goes on to say, Then, in the audience of all the people, he said unto his disciples. Now, remember what's happened comparing scripture with scripture. Jesus gets all the attention here. His reference to Psalm 110, verse 1, has silenced the religious crowd. Everyone else now is all ears. And you would be too if you could find something that would silence a preacher, wouldn't you? But notice the context. Then in the audience of all the people, he said unto his disciples, Beware of the scribes which desire to walk in long robes and love greetings in the markets and the highest seats in the synagogues and the chief rooms at feasts, which devour widows' houses and for a show make long prayers. The same shall receive greater Damnation. Remember, we spoke this morning concerning the judgment of the nations and then the judgment of the unsaved. The Lord Jesus Christ here has not just referenced Psalm 110 verse 1, but He has referenced a future judgment, a time when He will make His enemies His footstool. And the Bible tells us concerning that time in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. In 1 Corinthians 15 beginning with verse 20, "...but now is Christ risen from the dead and become the firstfruits of them that slept. For since by man came death, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. But every man in his own order, Christ the firstfruits, afterward they that are Christ at his coming. Then cometh the end." when he shall have delivered up the kingdom to God, even the Father, when he shall have put down all rule and all authority and power, for he must reign till he hath put all enemies under his feet. The last enemy that shall be destroyed is death, for he hath put all things under his feet. But when he saith all things are put under him, it is manifest that he is accepted which did put all things under him. And when all things shall be subdued unto him, then shall the Son also himself be subject unto him that put all things under him, that God may be all in all. The time period is referenced again. When the Lord Jesus Christ will have put all enemies under his feet. It is a kingdom period of which the scriptures are speaking. Psalm 110. Rich with doctrine but haven't we already read the passages where when these verses are referenced that it speaks of the events that have taken place concerning the salvation which the Lord made possible for us how that he is a faithful savior he did go to the cross and he did shed his blood and he did indeed die there He was buried, He rose again, He ascended. He is performing now His intercessory work. And as those scriptures are referenced which point us to the 110th Psalm in the first verse, we find that the idea is the Lord Jesus Christ will return in the future. And at that time, He will. He will fight with His enemies and other enemies then will submit themselves under him, and he will put them under his feet. But the idea is that doesn't have to happen. The events do. But men who are his enemies now, having the scriptures preached unto them, and seeing the idea is that Jesus came to save. He came to change lives. He doesn't want to have to meet you on the field of battle in the future. You'll be no match for Him, of course. But why would anyone having the Word of God preached unto them and knowing that these are certain events that will take place, why would they not believe on the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior? Why would they want to stand before him as an enemy? And folks, we are not straining to get that because Romans chapter 5 says that we were enemies before we believed on the Lord Jesus Christ. Everyone who refuses to believe is an enemy of the Savior. The idea is as it was preached there, and we go back to Acts chapter 2. In Acts chapter 2, as Peter is moved to reference the 110th Psalm there on the day of Pentecost. Verse 34. For David is not ascended into the heavens, but he saith himself, The Lord said unto my Lord, Sit thou on my right hand until I make thy foes thy footstool. Therefore let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made that same Jesus, whom ye have crucified, both Lord and Christ. Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart, and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? It's one thing to think about Jesus using the 110th Psalm in the first verse to put the silence, the religious crowd. But here, the same verse is referenced as Peter is preaching on the day of Pentecost. And it calls some in the nation of Israel to be pricked in their hearts, knowing that this had been prophesied. And some of that prophecy in that verse of Psalm 110 had already been fulfilled and that surely the rest would be. It caused them to say, Men and brethren, what shall we do? And Peter said to Israel, Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Verse 38 of Acts chapter 2. You know what that's doing? That's Jesus subduing enemies without having to destroy them. Didn't Jesus subdue us without destroying us? He did because we believed what we heard preached. We believed what thus saith the word of God. Folks, Psalm 110 in verse 1 might be one of the most referenced scriptures from the Old Testament found in the New. It is filled with doctrinal truth we have examined that tonight as we said when we started not because you are unaware of the teachings but just because it's a wonderful thing to say look at how much is pressed into just one verse and out of all the verses in the word of god think what's waiting you as you get into the scriptures and how rich they are And how they can thrill your soul. And how they will feed you spiritually. And how they will give you hope knowing that the Lord Jesus Christ loves you. And He died for you. He rose again from the dead. He's sitting on the right hand of the Father. Finding that information in the Scripture. Knowing the great lengths to which the Savior stooped to do for us and to save us. It's a wonderful thing. You only get it here. And I encourage you, saint, get into the book. Know this book more than you ever have before. Young people, your lives are set before you. If Jesus doesn't come first, you want to be a leader? You want to be someone important? Know this book. Know this book. And God will use you in ways you couldn't even imagine. Would there be one here under the sound of my voice tonight? Maybe you haven't followed everything concerning the scriptures, but at least you were able to reason and know that God has spoken in his word. And that there are great truths to be found in comparing scripture with scripture. But surely you heard the part about Jesus dying for you being buried and rising again from the dead that you might have eternal life if you don't know him won't you believe on him as your savior he wants to save you as we stand with heads bowed pastor you come dear saint would you say I want to be thrilled by the word of God in its study and its memory and its application, would you say, I want to know it as I never have before? Oh, that ought to be our desire. If you're here and you don't know Him, you need to be saved. Lord, we thank you for your word. Would you work in our hearts?